It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to a historic Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. I am here in the CBJ and 30 mailroom to answer all your questions. And there are many of them as this franchise has drastically changed in just the last couple of days. It all started against the Tampa Bay Lightning when the Blue Jackets scratched David Savard as a healthy scratch. On Thursday, you knew the writing was on the wall there, that he was going to be traded somewhere. We just didn't know where he was going to go. Eventually, he did go to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you had Riley Nash that was traded prior to that. I mean, Riley, who's already on the injured reserve with a sprained knee, Yarmo Kekalainen was able to deal him to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a conditional seventh-round pick. If he were to play in the playoffs and play quite a bit for the Maple Leafs, he could Uh, or that would turn into a sixth round pick instead of a seventh round pick. But then the Maple Leafs went out and they fortified themselves even more yesterday. And something that uh, we thought and to an extent feared might happen came to fruition when the Blue Jackets traded their captain, Nick Foligno, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, they get draft picks in these deals. So it is, uh, it's very bittersweet, isn't it? Extremely bittersweet what has happened here in the last couple of days. And like I said, we all knew it was coming. It's not a uh, surprise as to what happened, but uh, that doesn't make it any easier, especially when it comes to guys like David Savard and Nick Felino, because they have been cornerstone guys here. Nick was the captain. David Savard was a guy that didn't have a letter on his sweater, but that never mattered because he was always a quiet leader. Sometimes he was vocal, but for the most part, he was a a quiet leader. He was always going to do the right thing. Um, Just a true pro. An absolute true pro is what David Savard uh, has been in the National Hockey League for the last 10 years. And it's it's tough to see him go. But the Blue Jackets do get a first-round pick from the Tampa Bay Lightning this year, 2021. They then get a third-round pick from Tampa in 2022. So two picks for David Savard. Look, once the Nashville Predators played their way back into contention, then David Savard became the number one defenseman that was being sought after in the NHL. And uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning went out and they got him. And that's, it's a, it's a good deal for them. I mean, they've got good defensemen, but you can never have enough. They want to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Getting David Savard puts them in a much better light to compete for championship once again this year. No question about it. And in the Nick Felino trade, the Blue Jackets get a 2021 first round pick. And uh, then they get a 2022 fourth round pick. So they get four draft picks by trading two players. Yes, two all important players, but two players that, uh, well, their time under these conditions, let me put it this way, under these conditions, their time was likely up. So Yarmo Kekalainen did what he could do, did the best that he could do by trading those players. He now has assets. Now you have three first-round picks 
this coming summer. You've got yours, you've got the Tampa Bay Lightnings, and you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, granted, and I'll talk about this in just a little bit when I start answering questions, granted that those picks, those first-round picks are going to be lower in the draft, but that's not necessarily a bad thing this year, and there are other things that you can do on top of all that. So let me get to your questions, and there are plenty of them, as you could imagine, uh, today to get things started. And where do I want to start with all of this? Um, I have a very special place that I want to start, quite honestly. And now, of course, that I want to start, uh, I can't get to the starting line because I don't have everything uh, lined up exactly where it needs to be. Don't you figure? Anyway, now I do. Now everything has uh, regrouped and uh, we're ready for our very first question, a video question. James is doing this for the very first time. So let's get James and make him our leadoff man here today. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Uh, James from Dallas, Texas. Uh, my question for you today is, do you think the fan base has fallen victim to false expectations? Now, let me explain. Go back to last year. We basically make the playoffs because the bubble and COVID and the expanded playoffs. We get to the playoffs. We knock off a great Toronto team that many people had penciled in to make a big run. And now all of a sudden the fan base is growing. We push Tampa Bay even further. We make some changes in the offseason and everyone thinks, okay, here we go again. We, we, have a, we have this great team. When the year before, we didn't really have any expectations with everyone leaving, Panera and Bob and, and, and such. Let's go back even a couple years before that. 2017, 2018, we go 16 and 7 in overtime and shootouts. 2-0 in the playoffs. 2018 and uh, 2019, we go 10-4 in overtime. We made the playoffs by one point in 17-18. We made the playoffs by two points in 18-19. So again, I don't think this team is, is taking a step backwards. I think we just fell victim to the media hyping us up. We've always wanted to be relevant. You know, the people are constantly complaining we're not relevant, we're not relevant. Well, we are relevant. And you know what happens when you're relevant? You get criticized over and over and over. When things aren't going wrong, it's your coach's fault. Torts is very outspoken. He brings a lot of attention. It doesn't necessarily mean, in my opinion, that the team is going backwards. I think the team is still stepping forwards. You talked about retooling the team. Um, I actually think we've actually been rebuilding the team for the last six or seven years. We've just been lucky enough to make the playoffs in many of those years. So that rebuild, in my opinion, is almost over. I look forward to the 22-23 season as a we have arrived. We're I would say a cup contender with all these prospects starting to kind of fulfill and take the main meat of the lineup. Uh, and as far as towards whether or not he comes back or doesn't come back, I think it's up to him. But his comments yesterday in an article that, that I read about how they need to start over and find an identity and, and build with what we have. And it sounds like he's fired up and he wants to, which if he does come back, and they do re-sign him and say they re-sign Line A. I'm, I'm actually excited about that. you got a player that underperformed this year that's angry, that wants to be the face of a franchise, that everyone thinks he can't do it, uh, especially here in Columbus, or that he doesn't want to be here. And then you've got a coach that everyone thinks should be sent packing that's coming back, and they're both pissed off. And you know what? I want that attitude, not just from our coach, but from our star player. And if Torts decides not to be here, I hope they find another coach with that same passion and fire that Torts has shown this franchise ever since he stepped foot. Um, so with all that being said, guys, I hope you have a great afternoon. Bob, thanks for everything you do. Uh, good luck with all the trade deadline news, and I uh, can't wait to uh, see more in the future. All right, James, thank you very much. I really wish I shared all of the optimism that you bring. I really do. Uh, I share some of it, but I don't share all of it. 
And where do I want to begin on that? When you're saying that you don't think that this is a step back, I will disagree. I think this has been building. And Torch just said it the other day when I talked to him before the Chicago game on Saturday. He said, I didn't expect, I expect to step back. That's fine. But I didn't expect it to fall off a cliff. And it did. Let's be honest. It has fallen off a cliff. Now, why? Because you've lost significant players. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Josh Anderson, look, hindsight is twenty twenty. Those were big losses for this team. The guys that come in, Max Domi hasn't started performing well until just within the last couple of weeks. Patrick Laine, look, I would love to share your optimism about Patrick Laine and how he's upset and he wants to prove himself and all this, but I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time believing it. He just scored a goal on Saturday. He went almost a month. Really? Almost a month. The guy with that talent, it took him that long to score? I hope you're right. I hope that he comes back, and no matter who the coach is, he's going to be carrying this team on his back. And you say he wants to be a star player on a star team. I never heard him say that. I So if he said it, I missed it. But some guys are better when they're kind of under the radar. Look, in Winnipeg, he was a star, but there were so many other talented guys around that he didn't have to be the top-line guy. He wanted to be the top-line guy, so maybe that's where you're getting that because the, the word was he wanted to be on the top line and he couldn't get on the top line. Here's a newsflash. Based on what he has done with the Blue Jackets, I see why he wasn't on the top line. Now, should he be on the top line with the Blue Jackets? Yes. Should he be a better contributor with the Blue Jackets? Yes. Does he need to be to be kept here? In my opinion, yes. Absolutely. And if he's not going to be, do you need to send him somewhere and get assets for him? Because he will still get you a lot of assets. Let's be honest. And maybe another thing with him is you need him. You can make the argument. You need him the centerman that will be able to get him the puck. That is a legitimate argument. This team has no centerman. That's no offense to anybody playing the center position right now. But they are not performing to the level they need to perform as centermen. Max Domi's case, who's there right now with line eight, he is trying to get back to where he was earlier in his career playing that position. Jack Roslovic is learning. Alexander Texier is learning. Uh, who is Zach Dalpy is and Kevin Stanlin, you know, Zach Dalpy's an older guy that can play there, but that's not looked at a long-term thing. Kevin Stanlin would be more long-term. He's still learning. Okay. So I hope that Patrick line a is a guy that wants to prove everybody wrong because he's got a lot to prove a lot to prove. So again, I look rebuilding or re- retooling. Yeah, and I can use whatever catch word I want to with you. It could still be considered a rebuild, even if it's not a lengthy rebuild, but it still can be considered that. And I'm not sure what it is. And you know why I'm not sure? Because to me, the key to what it is, is Seth Jones and his long-term outlook for where he wants to be and who he wants to be. Now, there's a guy that I'm hoping wants to be the star of a franchise, and he wants to have everything built around him. I would do it with that guy right now. Absolutely. Right now. And there's some other responsibilities that I would give him, too. 
uh, given the opportunity, which again, I will get to as we go along here today. All right, I've got, uh, what else do I have? A voice question coming up here uh, to get to. A lot of questions, as you can imagine, and it's great. And uh, I'm I'm happy about the, the volume, and I'm happy about the fact that you care as much as you do. I'm, what I'm not happy about is the circumstances. I mean, here's a team not going to the playoffs. Here's a team that is selling. And, you know, some of, some of your better players and some guys that have been cornerstones and some guys that I consider friends are gone. And that is the nature of the beast. All right, let's get to this next question. Hey, Bobby, this is Debbie from Galloway, Ohio, here in Southwest Columbus. And I've noticed that there doesn't seem to be too many of us girls participating. So I thought maybe I would give it a try. So um, anyway, I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, I've always been a sports fan. Uh, I participated in sports, mostly football, baseball, softball, that kind of thing. Um, my only introduction to hockey, I, I didn't grow up around it, was uh, during the 1980 when the Miracle on Ice, the uh, U.S. hockey team beat Russia and then went on to get the gold. Well, um, yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> anyway, um, recently, you know, I mean, he living here in Columbus, you can't help but notice the Blue Jackets the last few years uh, with all the talk about Bob and Panarin wanting to leave and and then their big sweep of uh, Tampa. Uh, so uh, I started uh, listening to you calling the games and uh, started watching it on TV and, and now I'm hooked. And uh, you've been instrumental in uh, my growing love for all things Blue Jackets and hockey and my family would say my obsession. But anyways, um, I just recently signed up for season tickets too for next year. So, um, you know, with all the negativity that's going on with the team and all the changes that Yarmo is probably going to have to make. Uh, and just recently, of course, uh, Savard's been traded and now that they're talking about Felino here and, uh, uh, I just, you know, I just wanted to share this with you as an encouragement because we have very little of that right now um so i just wanted to uh encourage everyone to continue listening to you i loved your interviews your interview with uh, allison the other day was awesome uh it's nice to see you two banter back and forth and and i just totally enjoy uh monday mailbag can't wait to listen to everybody uh so just i want to thank you for uh your help with uh, my hockey knowledge and I'm going to be a Blue Jacket fan for life no ifs ands or buts and uh, go Blue Jackets well I appreciate all of that really it means a lot to me thank you for uh, thank you for learning through this program and through the games and you know and all of the people and other fans that I'm sure that you talk to and and thanks for, for uh, becoming a season ticket holder, especially right now, because this year has been so strange. And next year, we're all just hoping to get back to normal life as we know it. So uh, thank you for all of that. I really appreciate it. And you're right. I think, uh, you know, we. I, I hope that that particular um, question, I, I, hope, I hope that that performance um, gets 
other ladies to to chime in here because I know that there are a lot of you know female fans that are very um, uh, passionate about this team, very knowledgeable about this team, and there are plenty that have a lot of questions and want to learn. There are plenty of everybody that wants to learn, and uh, you know, you hear how I treat people on this show. Sometimes I I teach you something whether you didn't want to know it or not. Uh, based on the question but uh, so I really do I appreciate uh, all of that and yeah you're right it's trying times and as I said we're going to see uh, what happens here we're going to see what direction this thing goes and these are these are big moves that have been made they are unfortunate moves that have to be made but you know as the saying goes you got to do what you got to do and this is a step in that direction I know I said a couple of weeks ago there were you know I was reading things where people wanted the blue jackets to you know, tank and try to get high in the draft. And and at that time, I said I wanted to hear nothing of it. But now here we are. And that is, you know, the situation that you're in. So you're trying to get the best that you can in the draft. You now have assets and you can start to utilize a lot of things. If you're Yarmo Kekalainen, he still has a ton of decisions to make here, a ton of them. And uh, they're not going to be easy ones by any means, but uh, he has proven in my opinion, he's proven in his time here that he can make the bold and the brash decisions. And, um, you know, he's, he's pulled rabbits out of hats before, and that's what we'll expect him to do again. All right, let's get to our next question. Nothing Grove City here um, late on Sunday night. Feeling not great about things with the Blue Jackets right now just because it uh, feels like the end of an era. Uh, really going to miss some of these guys. Uh, even though Nash wasn't the longest, I thought he was a great guy for the team. Um, and then Savard and Felina are obviously long, long-term long staples of this group. Um, and hopefully Nick will come back. But even so, it's hard to not feel kind of uh, sad right now. Um, and I know Torts is probably going to leave at the end of the season as well, um, which personally I don't like. I, I think he's been a great coach for this team. Uh, and I think he could still do some great things for them. Um, but I know not everybody shares that opinion, but, but uh, I, I think that pretty thoroughly. Um, but I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on how you're viewing uh, the future for this team for the next couple of years, because right now there doesn't seem to be a whole lot to feel really good about. I mean, they've got a lot of young guys, which seems to be the narrative every single year. Uh, and I'm hoping that maybe some of these guys will develop more, but that kind of remains to be seen. And honestly, they look like they have no cohesion as a group. Um, you know, there's, there's so little consistency. There's so little cohesion. Um, it just looks like there's been a bunch of pieces that have been assembled that don't really fit together. Uh, and, and as such, you know, I don't know if, if we're done making moves at this point. I'm sure we're going to lose another goalie before it's all said and done. I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Laine ends up walking out of town before it's all said and done via trade, obviously. Uh, but I, I just think that it seems like this team has a lot of change and still to go through. Um, so I just want to kind of get your thoughts of, of how you're viewing the future over the next year or two since this season's pretty much done at this point. Thanks, Bob. All right, Jonathan, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, you talk about the young players, and when you're talking young players here, you're talking uh, Texier and you're talking Foodie and even Gabriel Carlson, who's now drawing into the lineup on defense. Um, earlier in the, the first question, James had said about these prospects, and I, I have a little bit of a concern when it comes to that, because where are these prospects? I mean, I know there are three guys that are skating in Russia right now. And when are they coming year after next, uh, two years after next, you know, that's, a, that's a question that that answer is kind of uh, up in the air. 
They're over there playing, but when are they coming? Uh, beyond that, what kind of uh, what kind of prospects do you have? That's a that's a, a legitimate uh, question to ask. Uh, in my in my mind, now look, the American Hockey League is different this year too. I mean, they're not playing their you know seventy some games, uh, eighty games like they normally do. Uh, they're not, so it is uh, it's a little bit different than in years past. Um, the Blue Jackets have brought some guys in there that uh, I, they, they may have some, some guys that they're going to be able to uh, develop there and get here. Liam Foody, again, he's back down there uh, playing once again. And I'm trying to look up this, this Cleveland roster right now because I, I'll be completely honest. They didn't start until late. They're not playing very much. A lot of the guys have been here on the taxi squad anyway. Um, but but there, are some, there are some players like Tyler Angle, who uh, down there this year, he's got, uh, what, nine points in nine games. And he was a uh, he was a draft pick of the Blue Jackets. I believe he was a seventh-round pick, actually. And, you know, he's doing uh, – he's been doing very well. Um, I just lost the page that I was looking at. Doesn't that figure? So I'll have to go right back to it. Here's another guy I want to uh, touch on that they, they just signed. Josh Dunn came out of Clarkson. He's a centerman. He's a big centerman, as a matter of fact. And so far, he's played seven games there. He's got two goals and an assist. And then the guy that is, um, you know, the guy I'm really looking forward to seeing that's playing down there in Cleveland right now is uh, Daniil Tarasov, who is, you know, he just arrived here, what, two weeks ago? And uh, But he's playing, and he's playing well. His team's scoring a lot of goals, and that – really helps you obviously but um you know he uh he comes over he is the goalie of the future uh perhaps here and you know he's only given up a couple of goals since he's arrived i don't know i'm looking at this american hockey league site right now and i don't even know how accurate all this is because it said he only played one game and i thought that he had played more than that so in any event uh you know, there are some guys in Cleveland that, uh, you know, hopefully are going to make a push. I mean, that's exactly what you want. You want those guys to be pushing, to come up here and uh, to play and take ice time away from other people. So, but how deep is that prospect pool? You know, I, we were talking last year about the depth of defense for the Blue Jackets, and then they trade Ryan Murray and Marcus Nudavara, and all of a sudden it doesn't look as deep. They had to sign Michael Delzato to make it deep. Um so I, there's, you know, there's a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions right now. And they're all going to sort themselves out. I know that they are going to sort themselves out as we go uh, throughout the off season and into the start of next year. But your comment about lack of cohesion, that's been the case all year. We've said that everything looks like a square peg going into a round hole. It just hasn't fit right. Is it the COVID year? Is it uh, the mix of players? Is it who knows what it is? Um, and, and, and it may not be fair to judge until a normal year comes and you could come back to me and say, Hey, every team got new players. And it looks like other teams made those adjustments. They're going to the playoffs with a lot of new players. Okay. So that's the way it's worked there. It hasn't worked the same way here. Why, why is the question? And I think you find out that answer uh, more so when you go through an off season and then you start next year with a training camp and preseason games. And uh, that'll tell you a lot. I, 
it had they played preseason games this year, I think we would have recognized a little bit of this before it ever started to happen. Now, not all of it, because Pierre-Luc Dubois would have been a part of that. And then, you know, but the Max Domi thing, we might have recognized a little bit early and figured out that he was going to take more time, and he would have had that time in the preseason. So, um, you know, and, and again, the last thing on Jonathan's comment there about, you know, you kind of sounded, Jonathan, like you were fearing that Patrick Line may go out of here on a trade. And again, I said this before a couple of minutes ago. If he does, he does. It will be of his own doing for the way he's performed here in my opinion. Okay. He hasn't come in. He hasn't lit the world on fire. Is it because he doesn't have anybody to get him the puck? I don't know. Can they find somebody to get him the puck uh, through deals that they make or somebody they draft? I don't know. We're going to find out, but that particular one, if, if he goes, it really, he will be able to look in the mirror at himself and say, yeah, well, I know why they didn't want to, you know, why they didn't want to go through that again. It was my fault. I did it. So we'll see how that whole thing works out. All right. Here's an email from uh, Alex. Is it surprising to you that these players that were traded didn't have a new contract in place prior to now? No, Alex, it's not, it's not surprising at all. They were going to be unrestricted free agents. And let's be completely honest about this. The likelihood that Nick Foligno was going to continue to make five plus million dollars was not good. That's not just from the Blue Jackets. That's from anybody. Look, he still has worth. Obviously, they got two picks for him in a trade. He still has worth. He can still do good things. But he's 33 years old, which in this sport now is on the on the downside. So he was going to, you know, he's going to take a pay cut no matter where he goes. So you're not going to negotiate a pay cut contract with him. You're going to let it play out. And if you're him, are you going to, if the Blue Jackets were to come and say, hey, I know we're paying you five, five and a half, whatever. We want to pay you two. So we assign a deal saying you'll take two. Why would you do that? Why would you do that before you had a chance to see what everybody else wants to pay you? You wouldn't, right? David Savard, he's on an expiring contract. You know that next year is the last year on Seth Jones' six-year deal. You've got to re-up that. It's going to cost you a lot more money. Right after that is Zach Wierenski. That's going to cost you a lot more money. In a salary cap world, you got to pick and choose. And we love David Savard, and he's done great things. And he will forever be a Blue Jackets legend for the way that he not only blocks shots, but his goal against Tampa in that playoff series that turned the whole thing around. That's, you know, he's, he's always going to be remembered for that. But there gets to be a point in time where you have to make tough decisions based on salary cap. So, no. It is of no surprise that they did not have a contract in place. Not, not a surprise at all. Aaron says, now that the Blue Jackets have three first-round picks, do they have enough to make a run at a number one center this offseason? Would they package them up for, let's say, Jack Eichel? I think they need to do something big to keep Line A, Domi, and Jones from wanting out. Again, I agree. And of those three guys, one guy concerns me right now. One guy, Seth Jones, okay? The other ones, whatever happens, happens. Would it be better to keep line A? And maybe if you get that number one centerman, he becomes the player he used to be in Winnipeg? Of course, of course. But if you say to me today, if you're going to list them, I'm telling you, one guy is where my concern is. One, There's one guy on there I'm going to build my team around. 
for many reasons, leadership, talent, you know, what he's, what he's done here. And you don't even, you don't even know what he's done here because he doesn't say it. He doesn't talk. He just goes out and plays. Of course, I'm talking about Seth Jones. Could they, here's the thing. Could they get Jack Eichel? I don't know. Supposedly he's available. Supposedly. And if you put a package together, look, they, they need goaltending too. And one of these goalies is going to go, which one, who knows, whichever one's going to get you more. I'll tell you that. What did we learn this weekend? What did we learn? Whoever's going to give you the most is going to get the player in the trade. I think the same is true with the goalies. I think whichever one's going to bring back more, that's what you're going to do. Because they're both, can we just say this? They're both pretty equal in their own rights here. You know, they both get hot. They both go cold. Uh, they both have an injury that keeps them out. Then the other guy has an injury. It's just they've, they've been, to me, that it's, I don't know if interchangeable is completely right, but I'm just saying who's ever going to bring you the biggest return, fine. Especially if Tarasov is what he's supposed to be, fine. Take the most you can get and go from there. Uh, so that's that's my view on it. But, oh, well, I, was, I got sidetracked. So Eichel. Yeah, Linus Olmark is going to be an unrestricted free agent in Buffalo. They're terrible, but they've been better with him in goal. So what do they do? Where are they going? They need a goalie. Okay, so let's say you take a couple of number ones and one of your goalies, and I don't know if you have to throw another piece in there or not to get Jack Eichel. But here's what I really don't know. Call me crazy, but I really don't know this because I don't know the, um, the, the people aspect of Jack Eichel. You know, do you want him on your team? Is, is he... Is, is he a leader? Is he a guy that's going to push? Or is he a guy that's just along for the ride? And I know he's the captain. I know. I get it. Don't even bring that up. I, because he's a captain of a bad team. And they've continued to stay bad. Now, it's not all his fault. But, you know, they've had some pretty high draft picks. And he's one of them, obviously. Should they be as bad as they are? Not in my opinion. So what's the problem there? Is he part of the problem? Is he part of the solution? And they're going to be deciding that. So just be careful what you wish for sometimes when you're talking about getting certain players. There was a player that was traded last night and I will make this great example for you. And you have zero argument. As soon as I make this example, there's a player that was traded last night that the blue jackets got years ago. And when it happened, it looked like it was going to be tremendous and it was a disaster and it didn't even last the season. You know, who I'm talking about Jeff Carter. He got traded to the penguins last night from LA it was only a matter of time. He was going somewhere. And he'll make the Penguins better. Let's be honest about it. Can still play. But remember when he came here, he was supposed to be the answer to all our prayers. And then he didn't want to come. And then they basically had to fly Rick Nash out there and, and sell him on coming to a team that he was traded to. And he had no choice. And, and he came in and he did that dual press conference with James Wisniewski, who had just signed. And it was like, here we go. This we're, we're going a long way. And it went the other way, fast. So, so I, don't know, I don't know Jack Eichel. I've never spoken to him in my life. I have no idea. But those are the kind of things. You've got to look at all of that, right? It's easy to say him. I've said it before because, it's, because they're bad and they've said pretty much everybody's available and because he was the second overall pick. So I understand the question, but... Do, do we have 
all the answers? Do we have all the information? That's the word. No, we don't. So we'll see where that goes. But, you know, taking on your question, the way that you asked it, you know, could you, could you package? Sure. I think you, I think you could package some things together. Let's go with a tweet here. Alex Nuttall says, what is your personal favorite moment or experience with Nick Felino? Mine would be his goal in game one against Tampa, the captain getting it started. And I feel it was one of the most important goals in franchise history. I was, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I, I think it's, you know, as good as that was though. Uh, I think that uh, that goal he scored against Pittsburgh to get the win in overtime where, you know, iconic picture of him sliding on his knees after he scores the goal against Marc-Andre Fleury. I think when it comes to a game, uh, that is that will always stick in my mind. I was just talking with R.J. Umberger about that the other day. And um, so when it comes to playing the game, that's where I am, you know, with that. Uh, when it comes up to – or when it comes to – as a person, you know, I, and I've had a lot of conversations with Nick Felino, but one of my favorite times was we were in San Jose and Jody and I were doing the inside edge. So we were, we had to go to the arena and do it. It was four in the afternoon in San Jose as we did the show at seven o'clock here. And uh, we got done and it was happy hour there. And Jody said, let's go get a, a quick bite to eat. You know, let's go have an appetizer or something before we eat dinner later. And we went to a little place that was just behind the arena, not far from the arena. And uh, we were sitting there and we were having a good time. And all of a sudden Jody looked at his phone and he said, Hey, do you mind if Nick comes over? He'd like to, you know, just hang out for a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? And Nick came and, and we sat there and the three of us talked and we laughed and, and it was really, it was one of my favorite times with Nick because um, some of it was hockey talk. Most of it was not, it was just about life and fun things. And there was, I forget what was on TV. Maybe it was a baseball game or something was on and, and we were just talking about stuff. And, you know, that is, you know, when you have the opportunity, Nick Foligno let a lot of people kind of get to know him, uh, whether it was, uh, up close and personal or whether it was from a distance, because every time he talked, you felt like you knew him. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about him. Like he's no, he's no longer here, but he's here. Right. But when he talks, you feel like, you know, him because he's one of those types of people. And, um, you know, that I, I look back on that. And I was thinking about that uh, yesterday about my, you know, the things I like the most about Nick Felino. Uh, how about when I just, during the pandemic, when somebody asked a question and I got a hold of him and I had him answer the question on the show, he didn't have to say yes to that, but he was all about it. Couldn't wait to come on and do it. You know, it took took three minutes out of his day and made somebody extremely happy for a lifetime. And that's Nick Felino in a nutshell. So, you know, I could talk for a long, long time about Nick Felino, and um, I won't now. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot of rumors about if he could return in the summer. I don't know if he will or not. I, I think he's going to see who's going to give him the most. I know Minnesota, I've read things that Minnesota's interested because his brother plays there and, that may have interest to him or the ties he has, has to this community um, might be more than that. There'll be a money factor, all that stuff. So uh, we'll put that on hold, but right now I'm going to watch Nick uh, with the Maple Leafs and, and uh, you know, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I think it's the right thing to do with guys like David Savard and Nick Felino. They've given you a lot. 
You've got a group that is not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. They're older guys. Those chances don't come along very often. Give them an opportunity. And that's what Yarmo Kekalainen and the Blue Jackets have done. Give them an opportunity. And uh, I applaud them for that because that's exactly the way you should treat people, in my opinion. You, you should give them that chance. If you can't give it to them, if you can't do it for them with what you have, you should give them the opportunity to try to get that ring somewhere else. And, you know, whatever happens after that happens. But, I, again, I could sit here for another hour and talk about both of those guys and what they mean to me and what they mean to you and what they mean to the city and the whole nine yards. But we already know. We know. And we have to move on by it because we got to find out what's coming next. Cameron says, has anyone checked in on Cam Atkinson? I'm worried about him. I understand that. Uh, he lost a couple of big friends too. Really good friends in the last couple of days. Um, I, yeah, but he knows the business of it and, and he's a pro and he's going to keep on playing as hard as he can. I'm sure. Don Hart says, well, I'm going to miss Fliggy. Do you see any more lockers being cleaned out soon? And where is the club with John Tortorella? Michael Delzato is another name that's bounced around. He's played well enough here that uh, if there's a team that wants to add a veteran defenseman, he would be a good fit. I don't think there's any question about that. But beyond him, uh, I don't know if a goalie is going to go right now. I know the goalie market could be flooded again this summer, which is an issue. Uh, but I don't know. Something it, Again, it has to be right. For you to do it right now, it has to be right. Uh, it can't be jumping the gun. If you feel you can get better by waiting till the summer then you wait till the summer but i'm not so certain a goalie is going now but delzato is a guy that i think could go and john tortorella again he's in the last year of his contract uh i think it's going to be as much as uh, what he wants to do as much as it is what the organization wants to do to be honest and um i don't know where it's going you know i talk to torts all the time you know that um you know, we have a good relationship, but at the beginning of the year, he said he didn't want to talk about his contract. I respect him. And well, I respect him. And I'm also not stupid. What he's not, he's going to tell me something that he's not going to tell everybody else. I don't think so. But in any event, um, I, I don't know. I don't know where that's going, but I think it'll be, a, you know, it's, it's as much him as it is the organization, in my opinion, as I see it. Uh, Dr. Jiggly Stuff, that's a great Twitter handle, says, uh, where do you see this team going with all these draft picks? Well, as I said before, you can do it a couple different ways. You can, you can draft, and you might find some guys lower in the first round this year. Don't forget, a lot of guys didn't play, or they played very little. So there's a chance to get some higher-end talent later in the draft more than previous years because guys haven't been scouted as much. Also, you know, maybe uh, teams will go on their info from last year when they were underage and they will have grown and they will have developed and maybe they're working out and they've gotten bigger or, or, or they will get better quicker than was projected last year. You never know. It's This whole draft, if you ask me, is going to be a crapshoot. I think you're going to see a lot of college players drafted here um, because I think this is my opinion and I could ask, I should get a scout on and ask about this, but college hockey played junior hockey hit and miss Ontario hockey league, Quebec major junior Western hockey league was not, it was not normal at all. 
college hockey they played. They played the season. So I think you're going to see a lot of college guys that are going to be high because they played actual games and they were seen. Mark Carell II. Because this was a really tough weekend. I'm from Cleveland, and I know sports heartbreak. Savvy and Nick being traded actually broke me. As uh, as happy, what does this say? I think they're supposed to say, as happy as the tears were in 2014 to see a Cleveland team win a title, the full reverse is being felt tonight. I understand, Mark. I do. But you got to, you know, you got to remember that, um, got to remember that this is part of the the business it really is guys get older they price themselves out you got to get something in return you know if this team had been doing what we had expected it to do it would be going to the playoffs and this wouldn't have happened they would have been adding to these guys they wouldn't have been selling these guys so that's the real sad part about it is it didn't work out that way well let's see Mike and Powell, Torch's contract is up at the end of the year, right? Any discussions about what he wants to do? Is Yarmo giving any indications? Can't believe this isn't talked about more considering the reset that's needed on the players. Well, Mike, as I just said, um, you know, Torch shut that down early in the year. This is not something you're going to talk about right now. The question was a couple of weeks ago if Yarmo was going to keep him or if he was going to let him go because of the performance of the team. We got that answer when John Tortorella got the vote of confidence from Yarmo Kekalainen and Torts is here and he's evaluating and he's finishing it out. And if you didn't hear my interview with him on Saturday before the Chicago game, you should go back and listen to it because he talks about his approach and working with Yarmo and deciding um, more so who's going to play because they need to evaluate and figure out what they have and where they're going in the future. So neither one of those guys. Torts says he doesn't want to talk about it and Yarmo won't talk about it. Yarmo won't talk about it until what's ever going to be done is done. Simple as that. And, and you know that by now. We all know that by now. Uh, let me see here. Sieb says, do you think Yarmo might use those picks to make a run at someone this offseason? Maybe a certain Buffalo center. As I said earlier, um, it's, it's possible. I, I, I really think, like now this is me. I'm not a huge draft pick person. And as you cringe, let me tell you why. I mentioned this earlier. You got three guys playing in Russia that are supposedly doing great. Well, wouldn't you rather see them do great here than playing in Russia? But you got to wait. And not saying that you're going to draft guys that you've got to wait on. But my point is, they are not close to being a finished product. A finished, not a finish. A finished product when you get them. It's going to take time to develop them. So, might you want to use those picks to go get somebody that's already ready to play? I think so. Maybe so. I, that's the way I lean because I, I like to get guys that are ready. I'm, not, I'm impatient. I don't like to wait. And I've seen, as somebody said earlier, we've had the youngest team in the league for how many years here? So, so if they took those picks and they went and got other players that are ready to play right now, I'd be fine with that if they decide to go that way. Uh, Specments CBJ. That's another interesting Twitter handle there. It says, Hey, Bob, I was just wondering if you could share your favorite memories with Nick Felino and David Savard. Thanks. Well, I, I told you about Nick and what my favorite thing is. My favorite thing with David Savard is that we developed this thing in the last couple of years where he would um, pretend 
every time I'd come and try to interview him, I'd just walk in the room and I could look his direction and he would turn and he would uh, hide his face. Like he didn't want to talk to me of all people. And, uh, and we had that going on for the last couple of years. And it was, it was just a funny thing. Of course, anytime I asked him for an interview for real, first he'd make sure that I was being serious because we always screwed around like that. And then, um, but he would always do it. And he was always, he was always so nice about it. And I, I did thank him for that the other day after he got dealt uh, because I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the funness to him. If you saw the tribute video that the team put together for him, that was uh, put out on social media, there's a clip in there where I'm in the dressing room. And I remember this like it was yesterday. Um, I, I'm standing there holding the microphone. All of a sudden somebody reaches around from behind me, starts tapping on it. And I turn around and he's just got that big, that big grin on his face behind that beard. And um, those things, uh, those little fun things, I really enjoyed about David and, you know, sometimes I'd go over to his locker with a microphone pretending that I wanted to do the interview and he'd start doing that. And then I would just, you know, sit and talk to him about his family. One thing about David was, um, you know, we'd go on trips, especially if they were longer trips, you know, he would, if we'd talk about family and say how, you know, these kids would start asking him, you know, when are you coming home? How many more days and things like that. And a uh, very big family guy, really, really respect him for, not just the player that he is, but uh, the person and uh, the husband, the dad that he is. Really, really good guy. And, of course, you you guys know that. Uh, here's a tweet from Stanley. or a, He sent me a DM on Twitter. It says, uh, what seasons can we expect Voronkov, Marchenko, and Chinnikov to come to the Blue Jackets? Again, those are the three Russian skaters over there. And um, I, I don't know. Chinnikov, he was last year's first-round pick. Uh, I don't know if he's staying over there for a couple more years. I don't think anybody knows what's going on. I'm sure the, the folks in uh, the KHL would like to keep all of those players as long as they possibly can. Um, Marchenko next year, maybe not, not this coming year, but maybe the one after that, I believe is what's uh, been written before, but um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, if you're looking for immediate help in the next couple of months, I don't think it's coming from that just to put it to you very plainly so i i don't i don't know and i know that's a bad answer but it's it's so it's a strange thing over there right it, it is I mean, they don't they don't want their players to leave and the guys do right they come over but they they don't want them to come over there they try to keep them as long as they can because they want to compete with the nhl and they are trying to keep talent just like the National Hockey League is trying to keep talent. So, you know, I get it. I understand. Is there a political faction to it as well? Yeah, probably. But I'm just talking about the hockey aspect of it. They want to have the best talent they can have in their league, and, and they would rather they don't jump and go to another league, and they'll hang on as long as they can. And I don't blame them for that. That's just business. Tyler Ratterer says um, – now, he sent this before the Nick uh, Felino trade, so – but this is what he said. If we do end up trading Felino, do you think a new captain will be named for the team going into next season? Or do you think we just run with alternates until we figure out if Nick comes back in free agency? All right. A couple of things here. I don't think anybody's named captain uh, before the end of the year. If anybody is named captain before the end of the year, I think that is going to be Seth Jones. And I think it's going to be part of a deal where he's going to resign and he's going to be the centerpiece of this organization. These are just my opinions. Okay. So don't say Yarmo said, Torch said, anybody said, I'm saying it. This is my opinion. 
I think, though, it'll just ride out the rest of the year. There will be no captain. We'll just have Cam Atkinson and Seth Jones are wearing, you know, the the A's as alternate captains. Like they could give one out to somebody else because Jenner's out for the remainder of the regular season. If they want to put an A on somebody else's sweater, they can do that. Uh, but I think they'll ride it out until the end of the year. And I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I didn't say it as loudly when Nick Felino was here because – Number one, it's disrespectful. Number two, it's uh, it, it wasn't an issue. But now it is. That in my opinion, without thinking for a nanosecond, Seth Jones is the next captain of this team. You know, Boone Jenner, you know, he's in the running. Let's, let's be honest here. But I think Seth Jones is the kind of guy you go to and you say, hey, we're, we want to build this around you. We want to make you the captain. You are the focal point of our team. And, you know, here's the contract we're offering you for that. Let's go. That's what I think. And that's what I hope goes down, to be honest with you. Uh, so even if Nick comes back as a free agent, he's more than likely not going to be the captain. I still think that's going to be Seth Jones. It's, it's there to take. You know what? I had a conversation with Nick one time in the lobby of the hotel in Pittsburgh. And it was before captain was named. Remember, we went three years without one. And and I, after that All-Star game, I think we all knew that Nick was going to be the captain, hands down. It was the way he handled himself and the way that he, you know, presented the city during all of that. There, there was no question. There were questions for a while who should be the captain, but not after that, not to me. And, um, you know, I remember having a conversation one time and, and basically I said, I knew he wanted it and I knew he deserved it, but I, I said, you know, would, would you be the kind of guy that could even take it? And then if you felt like it got to a point where uh, you had a, that somebody younger should take the, take that leadership role and go with it. Uh, could you give it up? And, you know, I, I can't remember that. I don't remember the exact words, but it basically was, yeah, it was, it was typical Nick Felino, which was, Whatever is best for the organization is what I would do. So even if Nick were to come back this summer, it doesn't mean he's going to be the captain again. It doesn't mean he's not, but it doesn't mean that he is. I'm telling you, if I'm, if I am going into a salesman mode and trying to get Seth Jones here long-term, I'm not just going with money, which is the most important. We all know that money in term, but I'm coming with the building around you and you're going to be the leader and you're the captain. That's, that would be my sales pitch if I'm selling to uh, Seth Jones. That would be the package I'm presenting. I'll just tell you that right now. Well, let's see. What about on Instagram at Bobby Mac Sports? Um, I don't know how to say this name. Magic Kimran? I don't know. Sorry, I butchered that, but I'll get to the question. Uh, will we see Gus Nyquist this year? A lot of people forget about him, but would he or but he would have helped a lot. Yeah, he would have helped a lot. You're doggone right, he would have helped a lot this year. And I don't know if we're going to see him or not. I know he's been skating, but I mean, now is he 100? percent Do you want him to play at all? Do you just want him to shut it down until training camp starts? I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't asked Torts. I can put that on my list to ask him before they play in Dallas later in the week. But yeah, he would have helped a lot. Uh, top six winger. Top six winger. You think he wouldn't help? You know he would have helped. You're right. 
Uh, Lauren says, well, Nick has been traded. So I guess your theory of Seth Jones becoming team captain is about to be tested. <laughs> as I just talked about, you're right, Lauren. Uh, rather than wallow in the disappointment of losing such memorable players, can you tell us uh, your favorite memories and stories from working with those guys? Well, I did, Lauren. Uh, went through that a couple of times um, in some ways, but uh, just great people. Again, they are just great people that I I wish the best for. I wish they would have went to the same team so that I could hope they both win the Stanley Cup, but they're not both going to win it. Can't happen can make the argument that Nick can't win it because you're with a Canadian team that, but I know it's a joke. I joke. Right. Uh, <laughs> D Wincoop 19 says, what's the percent probability of Felino coming back in the off season? And if he doesn't, who should become the captain? And if this question gets in, thanks for answering it. Well, I told you, who I think should be the captain and the percentage on whether or not Nick returns, I'm telling you, I think it's 50-50. I think it depends what Minnesota comes with. Uh, to me, that would be the most compelling sell because he could play with Marcus. And Minnesota, obviously, they've turned things around there with uh, Bill Guerin as a general manager. I like what they're doing, and that should tell you a lot because I don't like Minnesota. I don't like the I, – I told you this before, and I'll tell you again – there's just something about the, 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 the whole state of hockey thing drives me crazy. It, it's kind of like this arrogance thing. And uh, like, hey, we do it better than anybody else. No, you don't. No, you don't. And this is where I get torn because I love Bill Guerin. Love the guy. He's awesome. And I am not surprised that they have turned it around under him because he's just a people person. And he knows how to treat people. He knows how to work people. He knows how to get people. So that's where I'm torn. I don't really like that franchise, but I like the general manager there. So again, it comes back to, you know, it's going to be money and then it's going to be beyond money for Nick Felino. He's got great ties here and he's done great things here. And I, I think it's a, a really good possibility that he would come back here. But I think that that situation uh, and getting a chance to play with his brother might be something that is attractive to him as well, depending upon, what the offers are going to be. So that's what I think. And we'll find out if I'm right or wrong, or he, he could go somewhere else completely different. Who knows? Somebody else could jump in there and during the summertime and, and we would never know. So I hope that answers all of the questions that you've asked. It's uh, been a busy couple of days. And Oh, by the way, the blue jackets have a game tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks, which has almost become a uh, ho hum. You know what? Actually, speaking of that, I just remembered I have one more question. This question came in early in the week. I I got a couple. I got I got one from Hockey Bob asking me about, um, you know, what things am I going to do different in my job, like the players? You know, nothing. I'm not going to do anything different. So, uh, Hockey Bob, Perlin, Texas. Not trying to blow you off on that. I know you sent me a nice big long thing. Like, what am I going to do with my young? pregame and intermission host Dylan Tire to help him get better. You know, this kid, he's on the right track. And uh, I don't have to do a lot with him to make him better. He does a lot to help make me better in some ways. So it's good. But we're going to work together as a team and just do what we do and keep calling the games. And and uh, nothing will change in that way. We'll just call some different names uh, for the most part. But it did remind me that Greg in Cleveland sent in this question the other day. So uh, let's finish off with this. Good morning, Bob. It's Greg in Cleveland. So this season stinks, right? My question to you is, 
How do you approach each game with that same excitement in your voice, that same tension building in your voice when you have a season that's been as underwhelming as this one has? And I know the easy answer is, well, it's my job. But there's got to be that human element that kicks in when you're in the booth. Take, for instance, when the team throws a lead away. There's got to be that thought of, oh, God, here we go again. Because I know you're a broadcaster first, but then you're a fan second like the rest of us. So how do you combat that so like being down on the team doesn't affect how you call the game? It's a great question because it does affect it sometimes. You're right. I'm a broadcaster and a fan, and I don't think it's always one and two. I think they're interchangeable, quite frankly. But look at Saturday night against Chicago. You go up two to nothing early. So excited because, wow, look at this. Who are these guys? Chicago looks terrible. These guys look great. Three minutes in. Still got 57 minutes to play. You know what happened before it was all said and done. All of a sudden, one team woke up and the other team fell asleep. And it wasn't the team that you wanted to fall asleep. And um, yeah, it's not easy. But, it, but, but the answer is what you said. It is your job. And look, whether you're in first place or last place, you have a chance to win every night. So you got to take them one at a time. And, you know, when they're, when it's a good game, it's a good game and you're more excited and you're not thinking about these two points mean nothing, or you're not thinking about, I hope we don't get two points so we can go further down in the standings, get a higher draft pick. You know, everybody's happy when you win everybody. And my job's a lot easier when the team wins and it's tougher when they don't, but you know what? been through it before you're going to be it's it's up and down it's cyclical it is cyclical even these teams that go to the playoffs every single year uh, look at the Detroit Red Wings went for what 25 years in a row and then now they're rebuilding and they've been you know those guys uh, they call those games they were like they had the easiest job in the world and then it fell off it just happens it's the way it is and you got to be you got to be able to uh you got to be ready to do it either way you know, I applied somewhere. I think I think it was with the Tampa Bay Lightning years ago. I applied and I got the strangest request that I didn't understand until after it was made and then I got it. They asked me to not just send uh, part of a game where the team was winning. Send us about a 5 to 10 minute span of when the team is losing. Interesting, right? Like, why would you ask for that? Because you do the game completely different. Your tone of voice, your, you know, with me, my, I get irritated and you can hear it in my voice. I'm mad. Um, and, I, and I thought about that afterwards. And I tell people now, I tell them when they're making demos, hey, don't be afraid to put in there something about when the team's losing. Because I think you find out a lot. Again, the job is easy and it's all fun when you're winning. It's fun for you to come to games. It's fun for you to cheer. It's fun for you to, to go out afterwards. And, and when the team loses, it's not as fun being at the game. It's uh, very little cheering. And maybe you don't even want to go out afterwards. You just finish with it, right? It's the same for all of us. So that was an interesting request that I got that time. And uh, I didn't get the job. So maybe it was <laughs> no, that was... Um, Actually, that was when Dave Mishkin got the job, and Dave is still there. And I had worked with Dave. Uh, I'd, I'd known him in Johnstown in the ECHL, and then he was in Hershey when I was in Syracuse in the American Hockey League. So he was a little bit more seasoned, and he had, uh, um, you know, he had 
he had a uh, inside track there too, which uh, helped. And 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 I wasn't ready yet. And I was waiting for this job anyway. Quite honestly, I was in Syracuse. I was with the Blue Jackets affiliate, and I was um, you know this is where I wanted to be. And even though sometimes you'd get impatient and you'd apply for other jobs. There really wasn't anywhere that I wanted to be. When I got that job in Syracuse, I remember we were affiliated with Vancouver. I was told, hey, next year we're affiliating with Columbus. We'll be their first ever affiliate. And there's word that, you know, um, maybe some of the people that are there are only going to do it for a year or two and there might be some openings. And I thought, yeah, right. But you think, yeah, right, I'm not ready. But then it's also in the back of your mind and you're saying, you know, hey, that would be great. So, you know, it's funny, and I'm I'm just talking as I'm thinking about it, and I should just shut up and end the show, but we're talking about guys like David Savard and Nick Felino leaving that were really such a big part of this, and they're ingrained in the community, and they always will be. And when I look at, when I think about that situation and my situation, this is really where I wanted to be. I mean, you, you try to you apply other places because you want to speed up the time frame, but um, the time frame was what it was supposed to be for me. And so here I am talking to you and I love every minute of that. Thanks for your questions, uh, for your comments. Uh, keep your heads up. It's going to get better. It's a tough time to go through, but the organization is going to go through it. They're going to evaluate. They're going to make changes. Um, some will be bigger than others, but when it's all said and done, we're still going to be here talking about what we have, what we need and uh enjoying this we all have a passion for it have a passion for the sport passion for the team and um you know it's just a different phase we haven't done this for a couple of years some of you have never done it at all some of you have just come in in the last four years hey it's not all roses okay what did uh what did ryan johansson say that one time it's not all uh all doggone it was it sunshine and unicorns or it was something in unicorns whatever so it's not like that uh, and if you've just been in it the last four years and you thought that it was uh, that there's never any hardship, you are wrong. <laughs> so we're going to go through the hardship together and everybody's going to be better for it. So thanks for your questions and your comments. I appreciate it as always. I'm always available on Twitter or Instagram at Bobby Mac sports. Uh, you can always get me through my email at Bobby Mac at bluejackets.com. Blue Jackets and the Chicago Blackhawks play tonight at Nationwide Arena. 7 o'clock game. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Blue Jackets Radio Network and on Valley Sports Ohio. Through all of this, I didn't even talk about the folks at Ohio Credit Union. You know, they are just like um, David Savard and Nick Felino. They're always going to be a part of what is good here in Central New York. There's no question. Central New York. I can't believe I just said that. There, I was talking about Syracuse. And now I'm screwed up. They're always going to be a part of what is great about central Ohio. Oh my gosh. See, I told you this thing went on way too long. I, I talked myself right into a corner, but folks at tell Ohio credit union, they're not going to talk you into a corner. They are going to let you do your research on them because they have been putting people above profit since 1934. Go to their website, look at all of their services, look at the perks that go along with those services, find out why you should join a credit union. And if you can't find all the answers, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Click on it during business hours and somebody will pop up right on your screen to help you navigate through it and answer your questions. It's as simple as that. Tell Ohio Credit Union. You can find them on the web at tellhio.org. 
All right. I've got to get ready for a game tonight. 7 o'clock, Nationwide Arena, Blue Jackets and Blackhawks. That'll do it for the Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.